Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. We're going to share, we're going to read our Bibles together and then we're going to share for a moment. And at the end of the service, we're going to get the team back. We're just going to have a moment to experience His presence. And maybe if you're here for the first time, I'd encourage you to be a part of that. My name's Caleb. I'm so glad that you're here. Um, I'm going to read this evening from Luke chapter 8, and I'll start in verse 5. Luke 8, 5. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on rock, and as soon as it sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. Verse 7, and some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up with it and choked it. But others fell on good ground, sprung up, and yielded a crop a hundredfold. When he had said these things, he cried, He who has ears, let him hear, let him hear. And then down in verse 11, he he sort of explains it to his disciples, Jesus does. In verse 11, it says, Now this parable, the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are those who hear Um, Then the devil comes and takes, or the enemy comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. Verse 13, but the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and they have no root, who believe for a while, and in time of temptation fall away. Verse 14, now the ones that fell among thorns are those that, when they heard it, go out and are choked with the cares, riches, and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. Verse 15, but the ones that fell on good ground are those having heard the word with a noble noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. Let's pray. God, I just lift up the scripture to you. God, I just pray, Lord, something that you've been speaking or impressing on my heart and my spirit this week, God, would just connect with the people here and their hearts and their spirit. God, I just thank you, Lord, that God, that what you're speaking and what you're doing, God, isn't just for a season gone by or a pastime, but God, it's for here and for now. And God, I just pray, Lord, that you would breathe fresh awakening, God, fresh um, sense of your presence and authority on this passage tonight. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Amen. A very well-known passage, and um, thank you for bearing with me as I read that, but this parable is so common, it almost, you know when things are familiar, they always lo- almost lose their value a little bit. As Jesus was telling this parable, I picture the people scrambling to try and think, who am I in the story? Do you do that? When someone tries to tell you uh, uh, like a, a parable or a metaphor, you, you're sitting there and you're going, okay, so who am I in the story? Like, like which one am I in? To determine which one we are, I think first of all, we need to know the elements in the story. I think there's a massive clue because it starts off with a sower went out to sow seed. Are we the sower? Eh, maybe. Let's have a look at Genesis 2, chapter 7. I'm sorry, chapter 2, verse 7. And it may be disappointing what you find. Are you ready? And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. So he picked up some dirt, he breathed into it, and he created us. That's the account in Genesis. So who are we in the story? We're the dirt. <laughs> if you felt low coming to church tonight, I'm sorry. Caleb dirt right here. Do we have any Joes in the room? 
It's a lame joke. But we're dirt. Like, in this story, we are the soil. That, that's who we are. We're the dirt. The wayside or the footpath, the, the New Tr- Living Translation says it's those that hear it, but the enemy comes and takes it away. Isn't this the same old trick the enemy's been doing since Genesis? The next chapter that I just read from, chapter 2, was the, the creation story, and then 1 and 2 creation story. Chapter 3 is the serpent. And he comes, and what does he do? He says, 3, 1, the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. And he comes to the woman and says, did God really say, did God really say this? I've seen so many people spring up, and it's like they have a moment in church, they put their hand up, or, or they have an experience of God, and then they leave, and then the questions start coming, that was you. That, that, that wasn't real. That wasn't a real move of God. That, that was, did God really touch you then? Or did, was the aircon just a bit cold and you felt some goosebumps? Or was, was that really it? Or was it just an emotional moment because the, the singers did this and the band did this and they created an environment where you were emotionally charged and you felt something? That, isn't that the same thing? Did God really move in your life? I'm here today because I felt like God has really moved in my life. And I'm here today because I believe He's still moving in our lives today. We've seen many of us, and we've experienced this in our personal lives too, that we've seen many people, myself included, that we have these moments where we seem to encounter God and we spring up. And, and I wish we could live there all the time, but sometimes it doesn't work like that. Sometimes I feel like I spring up and I'm so excited about what God's doing in my life. I'm pumped, I'm on fire, and then it's like, oh, now what? Did we really experience God? Are we really a new person? Or am I just the same old person? I just have a busier Sunday now than I used to. I'm not going to listen to that voice anymore. I'm not going to. What about you? But I need us, church. We, we need us. Like We've talked about this before, but I love those statements like the church needs to be doing something. I will amen every single one of them. Do you know why? Because we are the church. The church is not highway, the church is not a staff, the church is not an employee, the church is the believers, the people who identify as the Christ arms and legs on this planet. But we need a church that notice this and call people on it. I can can share so many examples, even the last few weeks of people, even in this church, in highway, the people that you sit next to week in and week out that are like this that they've sprung up, that they've experienced God, that they they responded at at an altar call. Maybe you you saw them get baptized once and the question remains, where are they now? Where where are they now? The church needs to do something about it. Amen. Amen. You're the church. I'm the church. Where are those people that wean your rose? Where where are they now? The ones that, that, that experienced something undeniable of God. Where were you? When the enemy came, when, when the enemy came and said, no, 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 did God really say that you knew? Did He really give you a fresh start? Or, or did they just lead you into a place where you responded to an emotionally charged environment and you felt something new? Church, we need to be on guard. Would we, would we be the people with eyes to see those in our world that need us? Let's call them on it. Let's go, no, God's not finished with you yet. I'm not going to let what He's sown get stolen out of your life. You know that card game? I think it's got two names. One's called cheat, another one's called something that I probably won't say from the platform. You know, and you gotta play something and you may be telling the truth or not, and you gotta call it. Does anyone know the game I'm talking about? And you gotta say, hey, no, 
I'm calling you on this. This isn't right. God's got more for you. That is the job of the church, and that is what we all need to be doing because we are the church. The second type of soil is the rocky soil, but those, the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy, but they, and these have no root, who believe for a while and in time of temptation fall away. This is a superficial change. That, that we respond to God and we receive Him for a while, but it doesn't go deep enough into our life. It's like, instead of from the inside out, it's from the outside in. We know the right Christian clothes to wear, the right Hillsong songs to play in our car. We, we know all the right things on the outside, but we never let this go deep enough into our life that it makes any real change. We have no depth. It, we, I want a change of actions. I want a change of deeds. I want not just an appearance, but I want an internal transformation. Do you? Has anyone ever seen that show? Um, I don't think it's on anymore, but it was like Beauty and the Geek or whatever. Like, I, I don't think I ever watched it. <laughs> but I remember seeing an ad once. No, but do you remember the show? And it was like, and they'd have all these geeks, like, I don't know, the one I watched was there, was like all the guys were geeks and the girls were the beauties and, and it had like makeover week or something. And it's like all these geeks, they've got like calculators in the pocket. Like it's a complete setup. Like no one actually dresses like this. And then these geeks get like a half a day makeover and then like they've got biceps bigger than my head. You know what I mean? <laughs> After a haircut and a wardrobe change, they're like these ripped like supermodel guys that were the geeks, you know? It's like, really? But sometimes we treat Christianity like that. Like it's just a one minute makeover and then we're all good. That that's all that God has for us. No, no, there's more. This Christian life and this Christian journey will take a lifetime. That's why I've called this message the slow grow because I wanna commit to it. I wanna commit to this seed that God's sowing in my life and in your life and in our world to grow day by day by day, even if it's slow, I'm gonna commit to it. Our God isn't a makeover God. He's not just spraying a fake tan so you look better for a moment. No, no, it's a lifelong journey. The third soil is the thorny soil. Now the ones that fell among the thorns are those who when they heard, go out and are choked with the cares, with the riches and the pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. Choked out by the cares of this world. This is intense. It pains me, it pains me to say this, but... Is this the average church attendee in 2020? That because we allow the cares of this world to choke us out, that we actually bring no fruit to maturity ever? Like we literally bring no fruit because we had a response once, yet the cares of this world has just seemed to choke out any life that we once had. We've received the word, we've received the seat, we've received Christ, yet the cares have choked out the possibility of them ever producing fruit in our lives. The fourth soil is a good soil. But the ones that fell on good ground are those having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. Who wish they could take out those last two words? I do. Fruit should be instant, don't you think? Couldn't you say that they just make a few lollies? This makes a microwave popcorn that takes a minute 45 in an inverter microwave, if you're wondering. Got it down to a fine art. 
that it would be instant, but it was this idea of fruit that it was a seasonal thing and it would take time. It would take the right environment. It would take care and work for us to produce what God has for us. It's not hard or shallow or preoccupied. We aren't responsible for a move of God. Do you know that? We're not responsible. Our job is to tend the soil of our lives and to be the right atmosphere to God to flourish in here and eternally and then next externally. Internally first, which will flow externally. Our job is to steward our lives to create an environment for Him to grow in our world. So who are we in this story with with the dirt? What's the seed? It starts with this, verse 11, verse 11, when Jesus explains, now the parable is this, the seed is the Word of God. The, the Word of God. What, what does the Word of God mean? Is that the Bible? Well, the Bible wasn't around then. We're reading this from the Bible, but Jesus didn't, wasn't walking around the Bible because he was literally speaking the words that would one day be canonized and put into the book. So it wasn't the Bible. He, he, didn't, have a, he didn't go back to the future in a DeLorean and come with a Bible and say... No, it wasn't that. It was John 1, 1. Are you ready? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was... And the Word was? Was? He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. Skip down to verse 14 and it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So wait a minute, the Word had always been. God is the Word. The Word was God and the Word became flesh. God is the Word. Jesus is the Word. He's the Word. He is the seed. He is sowed in our life, in our world, to show us that grace and love can conquer, to show us that we can have a new way and a new life now, today. What is the fruit? Oh, it's church attendance, of course. Is it? Is that the extent of what God wants to do in your life? Is it? And if you're really, if God's really doing something in your life, you're going to get the back-to-back in the morning. Is that, is that what it's about? Is that the end game? No, seriously, is that the end game? Is it hands in a response in a salvation moment? Is that the end game? So you put your hand up and respond when I preach or when someone preaches, Pastor Baron or Ann, or, or that, so that we can high five you with your eyes closed and you don't know what's going on so that we can feel good? Is that what it is? What is it? Is it a cross or a little cross on your Instagram bio? Like, like, what's the end game of the fruit of God in your life? This is simple, but our highway kids are leading this at the moment. Ask your kids if you want to know what the fruit is. They're talking about the fruit of the Spirit for this next season, and it's awesome. But we think it's elementary. We think it's a kid's message. But the fruit of the Spirit is this, Galatians 5.22. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering. It's an interesting word, but it just means suffering for a very long time. Who wants some of that? (laughs) Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. It's His way of living now. Have you noticed that seeds produce after their own? 
so that if God is the seed, if Jesus is the seed, if He sowed seeds into the soil of our life and we were the dirt, we should be reproducing Christ. It's what it means to be a Christian, that we would be like Christ because He was sowed into the world, into our hearts, into our lives, so that we would naturally reproduce and become more like Him. Our fruit is becoming like Him. There's, a, there's lots of revelations about what God's like, and I love Exodus 34, verse 6. It says, And it, as he passed by in front of Moses, proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love and forgiveness. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love and forgiveness. Is this what our lives is like? Is that the fruit that we're producing? Are we becoming more like Him again in Psalm 103? The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love, leading to more transformation of ourselves and also our world. But the problem is this. Becoming Christ-like looks like the slow grow. It takes a lifetime. So I guess I have three questions for you tonight. Three questions. And it's simply, will we grow in, number one, the areas that don't show? Will we grow in the areas that don't show? Like I've been saying, from the inside out. I preached a message in October last year. It was called heart, heart work instead of hard work. And I believe the goal... And the objective of us is to, that we would do the heart work. 1 Samuel 16, remember when the prophet Samuel's going to anoint the next king? And he goes to the house of Jesse looking for David, but he didn't know what he was looking for, and he paraded all his sons before him. He's like, nah, not that one. That one looks the part, but I'm not choosing him. Nah, not that one. And it says in verse 7 of 16, do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. The Lord looks at the heart. Jesus is um, ripping these guys in Matthew 23, he's ripping the scribes and Pharisees, and he says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you cleanse the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of... Could we just move beyond this? It's not about an outward appearance. It's not about an outward function. It's not even about producing outward good works if it doesn't start in here, if it doesn't start in the soil, in the heart of our lives. Is Christ growing in your life in the areas that don't show? Because eventually the areas that you think don't show, they come up. If we've got an anger problem, who knows that we need to ask someone if we've got an anger problem. Like, no, I'm fine. Maybe ask your spouse. Maybe ask a good friend, maybe ask some of your family and they go, oh, well, I remember that time you drove in the garage door. No, just... <laughs> Get some good people in your world that you can say, hey, hey, help me. What are the areas that I don't show? What are, what are the areas that don't show? What are the areas that I think I'm doing a good job of covering up? Could we deal with the areas? Could Will we grow in the areas that don't? Show number two, will we grow in what we don't know? Who knows that ignorance is not an excuse? Can I get an amen? We were recently on holidays and we just live here in Pimpama and I was driving down to Coolangatta. We go, you know how it's like that sort of tunnel uh, right where the, 
where the airport is. You know what I'm talking about? You go through the tunnel, I was coming up through the tunnel, um, and I got pulled over. They had the highway block there, RBT, and I was, um, cool, so they pulled me over, just here, you know, blown to this, you know, I keep going until I say stop, you know, the, the whole spiel. Did the breath test, that was cool. I was like, oh, can I see your license? I'm like, yeah, sure, man. Um, oh, I don't have it on me, sorry, I, it's at the apartment. Um, and he's like, don't you know that it's illegal not to have your license on you? I'm like, oh, no, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's not, sir. Like, um, I'm pretty sure it's not. I think, like, he's like, no. And I'm like, yeah, like, you've got, like, a day or something, don't you, to produce? He's like, I, I don't know. And I'm like, oh. and he's like, well, you're on New South Wales now, mate. And I'm like, well, <laughs> in my head I'm going, I left Queensland, I'm going to Queensland. And for this little moment of three or four kilometres, I just zip into New South Wales for this, so that I can get back into Queensland to go on a holiday. And I'm like, oh. And he goes, you know, you know what I'll do? And he, you know, pulled me off to the side, had to wait, go look me up in the system. He eventually found me and all that, and it was all good. But he said, next time you're in New South Wales, this is a warning, make sure you have your licence on you. I was like, what? Like, I looked up later in Queensland, you have 48 hours to produce it if you're on your opens, which is random, so for the few kilometres that I was in New South Wales, I got done without a licence. But my ignorance wasn't an excuse. Your ignorance when it comes to your personal life is not an excuse, because ignorance so easy leads to arrogance. When we don't see things, it's so easy to be arrogant and think we know it all, even though we're so blinded by our own ignorance. I'm not content with what I've previously known of who God is, are you? In new seasons, I need to discover new facets of who God is. I love what 2 Peter 3.18 says, but grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. Grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord. That is my job. I'm not going to be ignorant anymore. I'm not happy with the simple things I've had before. I want more of God in my life. I want to be good soil. Do you? Number three, will we grow even if it's slow? But the ones that fell on good ground are those having heard the word with a noble and noble. I keep doing that. I keep reading like mobile, you know, like mobile, noble phone. Noble and good heart keep it and bear fruit with patience. With pa I wish I could cross the with patience out because I'm happy to produce fruit. I'm really happy to be productive, but being productive with patience, uh, I might leave that for Kim. <laughs> Sounds like a Kim job to me, with patience. Will we grow even if it's slow? I think the majority of us in this room would have felt a spring up moment like where God was sown in that moment and it's like the planets aligned and, and for that moment you just felt so much of God and you sprung up and it sprung up in your life. But then what? I think if we're honest, we'd all agree that we've also felt the slow grow. Where it feels like sometimes when we're growing fruit with patience, it almost feels like hard work or like suffering for a long time, which is why I said it's a fruit of the Spirit before. Will we grow even if it's slow? So my question 
is this. Having said all that has brought us to this place. What is the condition of your life and your soil here and now? Do you feel dry? Do you feel hard to the things of God? You can remember that you've experienced it in the past, but if you're honest right now, it's like there's crickets. There's no noise. There's no God speaking to you. There's no depth. There's no breakthrough. It's like I've been going through the motions. Have the cares of this world choked out the, the love and the peace and the joy that you once had? Has the cares of this life choked out that softness that you once had to His presence? Have those rocks. Have you ever gardened before? And you've, I've done this a million times. And you dig up and you dig up all these rocks out of your garden and you throw them all away. And then a couple months later, you dig up the same garden and what's there again? More rocks. It's like they, the more you deal with things, the more things come to the surface. It's like that with our lives. The more that we deal, this will take us a lifetime, this journey. Will we, will we get rid of those rocks so that this message of Christ, that His message would take root deep in our lives and transform us from the inside out? If you feel dry, hard, closed off, if you feel like you don't hear His voice or you don't feel His presence anymore, we're going to take a moment right here and right now. The band's going to lead us in worship. And I just wonder right now, Would you open up again? Would you soften your heart? Would you soften the soil of your life? Why don't we stand to our feet? And as Amy leads us, I'm just gonna open the altar just to receive something afresh, something afresh and something new tonight. God, I just pray over every person in this place. God, I just pray, Lord, that something that I spoke about, God, God, I just pray, Lord, that it would break through the walls that we've set up. God, I just pray, Lord, that it would break through the hardness, Lord. The dry ground is gone in Jesus' Name and Your moisture is starting to come back again. God, I pray, Lord, that You would soften hearts. God, I pray that You would break mindsets that are negative. God, I pray for mental health issues to be broken in this place, God, as we open up and we say, God, I want to be that good soil. God, tonight, would You place some fresh seed, some fresh anointing and some fresh goodness in my life. If you want a fresh touch of God, why don't you come down the front as the team lead us?